Hey there, and welcome to Considering Comic Books. This is a bit of an impromptu uh, vlog. I just decided to make it off the cuff because we're coming up to uh, the uh, the 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 deadline for launching uh, Black North, which uh, if you've been listening to any of the previous um, podcasts, uh, sort of uh, Steve and I, uh, my co-creator, he's he's doing the art. We've uh, explained a bit about it, what it's about, you know, sort of dystopian sci-fi with a, you know, a crime noir aspect to it and uh what all our influences were things like that but uh, just impromptu decided to do a quick vlog uh i find i dislike social media as a way to err your thoughts because uh ultimately i think it lacks context so whenever you say something it it can be read out of context taken the wrong way and a lot of the time especially on platforms like twitter which I don't use specifically because I find it to be quite um, eh, limiting, and eh, it's it's very well. I you know I I think the term toxic gets bandied around a lot, but it, you know in in the case of uh, Twitter, it really does seem to be a cess cesspit of people venting their thoughts without any sort of filter. You know, so uh I like more directly communicating with people via conversation, being able to, like my my favorite way to actually communicate with somebody, if I can, is face-to-face conversation. But since that that's obviously not possible with, uh, you know, a, a mass readership, you know, an audience that you're hoping to attract, uh, what you're hoping for then is to, you know, talk to them in a way that, uh, you know, uh, they they can hear what you're saying. They understand the context of what you're saying. So, um, you know, especially coming up to a, uh, you know, a, a crowdfunding uh, event like what we're trying to go for, that it's really important to be able to do that, I guess, and to be able to put it out there. Uh, that's you know what your what your intentions are. Um, why you're doing the project ultimately what 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 is it uh that's you know making you go down this certain avenue and there's a few things um so like i say i prefer to verbalize it like this as opposed to writing a post on social media because here you can actually listen to me and you know it's it's very easy to read a post on uh, social media and go ah bullshit or even worse you know not even maybe it's so disengaging it's just a big block of text and you don't want to have to read it you know you just want to look at the picture below it and that's what uh, a lot of marketers say the majority of people you know you have to catch them very quickly uh with that initial picture and draw them in uh you know in order for them to so i'm i'm gambling that my uh my dulcet tones are engaging enough that you have stuck around this far (laughs) so uh if you've nodded off um and went to sleep i I also completely understand although i will cry about it later tonight into my pillow but um uh, essentially what i'm getting at is i want to be able to tell you what you know what this is for me what what it means for me i guess this this kickstarter um i've discussed it i, I guess i discussed our 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 desires to do it and what we want it to be what what we're trying to you know create here but i guess my reasons for going down the kickstarter route uh they are ultimately it gives us a bit of freedom um but i feel like freedom for me is 
almost secondary to the real world um how would you say the the pragmatic reason which is um we cannot survive as is on the small gigs that we're getting here and there in comics so if you you know uh, unless you've got a steady gig for uh, you know one of the big two uh marvel dc maybe you're doing a book for image something like that it's very hard to survive it's very hard to make a living and so uh you know myself and all the other guys involved in this project we all have other jobs and you know i like my job so i it, it doesn't really bother me um but uh i would like to be able to make enough money that i didn't have to worry oh there's a plane flying overhead excuse excuse me for the terrible background noise um but i would like to be, be able to make enough money at this that i didn't have to freak out you know or i didn't have to worry and i knew that i was going to make something and that people were definitely going to get it and i wasn't just going to be grinding away behind the scenes uh you know for maybe six pages that are going to pop up so at some point during the year from a major publisher um don't get me wrong i find that stuff tremendously gratifying as well uh i love getting into the the big leagues but uh in order to get in there uh and get any sort of substantial living wage out of it uh it, it takes a hell of a lot of time and you know essentially in some cases you're waiting for someone to die it's like you know a professor with tenure there's some writers that are just they're gonna be there for the foreseeable future and unless you know they they get nudged out of the way or um something like that you you're going to be waiting in the queue to uh, living off very small gigs until until you get in and the thing about kickstarter uh you know going out there by yourself is that it allows you the ability to circumvent that as an addendum if you're good enough right so there's there's and I'm, and I'm not saying I'm I'm sort of some sort of you know genius and i'm the next i want to be the next eleanor i would love to be i think my stuff is substantial at the minute and i get a lot of good feedback from it i certainly want to do the best job i can and only really the the um the readers are the only people who can ever really judge me and my feedback's been good so i take that as a positive i take that as a positive and people enjoy my stuff so you know i'm not i'm not trying to avoid arrogance i just want to say i know that people enjoy what i do so far and that if i could get more of it out there i'm fairly confident they would enjoy uh reading it and you know it's the same with steve's art i think steve you know as a comic book fan i've been reading comics for over 30 years now so i'm an old fart i'm not i'm not that old i'm 38 and creeping on 40 but um I think his art's some of the best art I've seen contemporary. He reminds me of a, you know, a Brian Bolland slash Derek Robertson um, mesh mishmash. There's, you know, there's a meld of different styles there, but you can. He's got that hyper detail. You know, he's got those uh, sort of strong strong inks. I I just love his stuff. I love it, and I feel very very lucky to be working with this guy. And I also feel like, you know, again, he's working on little bits and pieces of freelance gigs here and there, and he's got side jobs to pay the bills. And you know, ultimately, what we want as creators really is to be able to make something 
that we can survive off so that we don't need to worry about all the other stuff. We just want to be able to survive off that stuff so that, you know, we can put stuff out there, uh, you know, because waiting in the queue and, and hoping that, you know, eventually, you know, you, you get enough tiny little pieces here and there out there. I mean, sure, I'm not going to denigrate anybody if that's their route. They want to, you know, take the time and they've got, you know, they've got forever to get there. But, you know, I guess there's part of me that feels like I started pretty late in the game. I didn't get into writing until my late 20s. Um, I'd always written bits and pieces, but I never really had the confidence. Um, and I guess it, it was a case of finding that and finding my way into the genre and making a lot of mistakes and taking a lot of uh, criticism and listening. Here's another plane. God damn. Come on. There we go. Yeah, this adds a bit of authenticity, you know, to the fact that, uh, I don't know, I think it, think it gives a character that I'm just some dude sitting in his in his room uh, with his phone doing this, and, uh, you know, uh, on the recorder app. Uh, I don't know, other people would just think, no, Mark, it's it's shit. You've got low, low quality videos and they're shit. But, you know, I like to think, no, it, <laughs> it gives it gives a character. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm a... What was my point? Why did I do this? I go on segues and completely lose my train of thought. But anyway, my, um, I think my point was I, you know, I, I was I was late in the game with this. It took me a long time to get my confidence and things like that. And ultimately, I never thought I could be or would be a comic book writer. And now I am privileged, and I genuinely feel this privileged enough to have worked with some of the best guys some guys you know some of the best guys in in the industry really i mean you know uh that the brown brothers ryan and adam i've i've had them both do arts art uh f- for me now i i, I worked on on uh, esther the relic with ryan i worked on a future shock with adam uh you know i uh i i've worked with uh glenn fabry we've got a uh future shock coming out um i'm working with steve austin at the minute uh, i've had Bisley uh, actually pencil pages that were never never um they've never seen the light of day but for scripts that I collaborated on with Ryan so you know I mean I've, I feel very lucky to have had these guys who were you know essentially heroes of mine and that's not even to de- name all the indie artists I've had the pleasure of working with like I mean I, I might forget people here but hopefully uh, you know you, you know who you are but I've worked with guys like uh, David Yeah, he's a f- wonderful artist my good friend Patrick Brown I love collaborating with him uh, Jason Stewart Duncan Vaughn uh richard harrison uh you know just oh, beautiful artists i just feel so lucky to have had the, the opportunity to work with these guys uh paul malone you know so i never thought i could even get this far but the fact is that now i have and in order to make it sustainable in any way and have the freedom and i guess you hear people talking all the time about you know like um i guess it's like drawing the analogy that being a a writer or you know a comic book creator in any way it's like drawing the analogy between uh you know if you ever see an actor who is in a play and uh, they might do the odd big hollywood movie and that gets them more leeway 
to do their indie work. And I heard, I think it was Ron Perlman talking about it one time, and he said, you know, there's there's only two types of films nowadays. There's, you know, a $20,000 film shot in someone's garage on a budget, and then there's, uh, you know, the billion dollar tentpole summer movie right so um working for the the the, uh big studios like rebellion is like working for the uh you know it's the it's the billion dollar tentpole movie uh whereas uh, in the indie leagues which is where ultimately as creators we can make a bit more money because uh you know we own the project and we we own the ip the intellectual property is ours right so that means we can make a bit more money and make it a bit more sustainable and ultimately i mean i don't want to say circumvent the editorial process because i've brought on an editor dave evans uh from future quake very specifically because i want that structure i want someone to uh you know point out whenever something's gone awry and i mean already i think he's made uh the 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 script that i've done for the first i think it's 25 pages infinitely better he's just you know a, a, a real safe pair of hands in terms of he's got the experience and he brings a lot to the table um so, I mean, it's not about circumventing the editorial process, but there is a level of freedom and risk-taking that you can get away with whenever you're working with your own characters and not someone else's. So, you know, I mean, I look back at the heady days of 2000 AD or some of my favorite stuff, Alan Moore's Miracle Man, uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, Moore, uh, Tottlebin, Bessett, Swamp Thing, uh, you know, uh, the Frank Miller, uh, you know, is is run on Daredevil, but then later is is uh, Batman's and Sin City's, and you know, I loved all his more com- all those creators more sort of commercial work, uh, because you know, if you look at the early days of uh, DC, especially as it segued into Vertigo, it was a risky, risky uh, area. They were prepared to do edgy stuff and and. Uh, upset people and 2008 AD was you know that's why so many of their creators were funneled to america because you know it was the breeding ground for that sort of thing but uh, you know one thing i guess as i've got older i've noticed that nowadays political correctness has become a massive uh, uh it's part of the zeitgeist now and what that means is that people are more afraid to take risks because they don't want to offend someone. Like, I mean, I'm very aware that I'm a white guy uh, writing uh, an Asian character. Whereas this was, you know, if, if I had written this story, what, like 10, 15 years ago, it never would have even been a consideration. It would, that idea wouldn't have popped into my head. Um you know, I just, you hear the term white guilt bandied around a lot, and I don't have any because I grew up in a, uh, I grew up in a, a, an area that was segregated based on religion. You know, I grew up in Belfast during the 1980s, and um, it was white people hating other white people, and there was no real minorities. The the, the Asian community was like a speck. Uh, you, the, the uh, black community just wasn't here. So, so you know, um, my I had no prejudice against people of different uh, races because, uh, you know, my only exposure to them really was guys like Mr. T or Axel Foley at a Beverly Hills Cop. So I thought, you know, or, you know, Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan. So I thought people of different skin colors to me were 
cool. Whereas my biggest issue was actually with uh, other people of the same skin color of me because I was kind of afraid of them. Uh, because we lived in segregation still. The uh, you know we were still in the midst of uh, what you know history uh, refers to as the troubles. So, um, but nowadays I have to think about these things because um, as a creator I realize, especially on in, on on certain platforms and like I've mentioned Twitter, which I don't use, but I'm very aware that there's fan bases out there that have opinions on these things, and uh, you know, th- like th- there could be potential backlash for someone to say, "Oh, that Mark McCann, he's a he's you know he's a cis." A heteronormative white guy sitting in his basement uh, writing about Asian people and what does he know about that? You know, how can he do that? It's cultural appropriation or something like that. So, you know, I, I, the thing is, if I was doing, if I was writing that for a mainstream publisher, that would, I w- that would maybe get the project canned. It, 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 it could pot- potentially derail it. Whereas, um, I operate off a basis on an individual level that I feel there's more that unites us as a people than divides us, whether that be skin color, religion, whatever. I think we have more unification uh, as as people than uh, we do. Uh, you know, we're all you know, everyone's blood's red. You know what I mean? So, um, so as an individual, I feel more equipped to handle that. And to handle the criticism, whereas a publisher might not be prepared to take that risk. A publisher might want to go, well, you know, they have a point. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to take a risk and back you. I, one thing I will say is uh, whenever I write something, I feel completely justified to do it within the realms of fiction. Uh, I, you know, I won't back down uh, because I think that the realm of imagination uh, should never be regulated there should be nothing you're not you're, you're not allowed to think of you know no matter how uh, grotesque or obscene you know i mean uh, and i don't mean that in a hor- you know in a horrible bad way i mean like you know clive barker's hellraiser or hr geiger's alien all these hellish manifestations uh are, are things that came from the imagination you know i mean if, if we applied today's uh you know uh, very stringent rules on what people can do and who's allowed to say what and what people can write to these wonderful creators who came before us then art would would be dead it, it would never have flourished. We would never have all these amazing franchises. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think to a large extent, maybe the reason, what you know, there's a bit of stagnation nowadays is because we're reliant on those ideas and there's there's nothing new. And what I want to, to do is go back to a period whenever those ideas, those fresh, vibrant, uh, risk-taking ideas were still happening were actually quite mainstream and hadn't been... I mean, I'm sure there's people who would argue with me and say, oh, they still are, but I don't feel like they are, and maybe that's just my opinion, okay? But I want to take risks uh, with uh, with my art. I want to... Uh, I want, want people to read it and to love the action, love the, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, mystery... Uh, love the violence and the you know the the macabre nature of some of what i'm going to write but i also want them to uh be shocked you know that shock value i mean i'll never forget 
the shock ending of uh, Night of the Living Dead. I'll never uh, forget how uh, utterly disturbed I was whenever I got to uh, the ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, or uh, whenever I watched Hellraiser uh, you know I'm using horror movies uh, The Exorcist um, you know uh, let me see it's a good sci-fi example my my favourite some of my favourite movies ever like I I always bring up Escape from New York and Escape from New New York ends on the ultimate fuck you note you know it's it's ultimate nihilism and it's unapologetic. Uh, Mad Max, uh, you know, again it, it ends in a descent with a man's descent into madness. This stuff did not take prisoners. It it went for viscera. It it, it was uncomfortable and edgy but it was also brilliant and brutal and fun and you know it was full of explosions and excitement and some of the best characters that uh you know we continually uh go backwards to this stuff i mean i think part of the success of uh shows like game of thrones although fairness and later seasons it's fallen foul of uh some uh, slippery slippery slope writing uh you know, but the success of that sort of stuff was that it took risks. It was prepared to uh, deal with very uncomfortable subject matter, and you know that's um, that raw nature of humanity. That uh, you know that dark core, the the yin and yang of a person's. Uh, I mean, inner torment, you know, I mean, the, the, uh, I read a Hemingway quote today, and he said he didn't believe in heroes or villains, now this is paraphrasing, obviously, but um, simply, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, the roads people had went down, whether they be good or bad, based on, you know, circumstances, uh, you know, their their nature and uh, their parenting, something along those lines anyway. But I feel exactly the same because, yeah, sure, it's good to have, you know, um, just heinous bad guys, you know, good old, you know, uh, evil people. But, you know, that nuance, that nuance between good and bad, the old... saying that you know cops and criminals aren't that different it's just that you know a matter of circumstance uh caused them to go one way or the other you know that 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 kind of thinking is similar to catch a criminal you need to think like one you know and that's something that heavily plays into what i'm doing and obviously i i because i'm from a philosophical background i wanted to do something that was uh you know would invest people in a new sort of philosophy I, I feel that you know we're we're in um an interesting phase at the minute because ultimately in the western society we're in peacetime you know and uh people are people are saying oh well, what do you mean by that mark uh, well what i mean is that we're not in any sort of a conflict and we haven't really seen any sort of a conflict in a long time i, I grew up during uh you know, as as we call it, as history calls it, um, in Northern Ireland, troubles. I grew up in it. And I really only caught the tail end, but I remember what the conflict was like. I remember what it was like to be afraid, and to uh, get in fights over your religion, and to uh, want you have people who wanted to kill you. Uh, and you know to have a heavy police presence and a heavy army presence, and you know a heavy paramilitary presence i remember what it was like to live in that so you know although i had a very 
short period of time, I guess, whenever I was a kid growing up in, in those circumstances. I remember what conflict looked like, what fear looked like, what bigotry looked like. And there's there's generations of people now who don't they've never they've never had that. They don't they don't know what it it looks like, what it feels like. And so, you know, they're they're angry and uh, you know, they want they're angry and censorious and they're fighting against um you know, this uh, tyranny that they feel is holding them back, whether it be, you know, uh, mean words on the internet or, um, you know, uh, whatever, you know, it's, it's just the people are, young people especially, are, they're, they're, they're angry and they're galvanized towards a conflict and I, I mean i've got i've got a whole theory about why this is i think you know whenever uh we don't have external conflicts uh we become internally conflicted so you know that's uh, i feel that you know the, the reason there's so much mental illness and turmoil is because uh the group mind has nothing to unify its, uh, itself against on on the uh, outside you know i mean that's just my theory but you know this is this is the sort of philosophic stuff that i want to bring into the stories i i i want to explore those areas i mean i remember reading an alan moore um, swamp thing where swamp thing uh, is consciousness is shot out into outer space and you know it was trippy cosmic DMT fueled madness but also completely you know um, it was it was completely digestible it, it was you know it was unique it was it was mind expanding it, you felt like you'd walked away and you'd not only experienced you know a, a very interesting um one of a kind form of entertainment but you know also that uh you learned something you know you felt like you'd walked away and you, your mind was expanded you were conflicted you know it wasn't telling you how to think it was telling, or, or what to think, sorry, it was telling you how to think, it was saying, think outside the box, let's, let's go on a journey, let's see something new, whereas, you know, uh, a lot of art nowadays is just formulaic, it is repeating tropes, it is uh, playing it safe, and it is pandering to the perpetually offended, and I want to do something outside of that I want to do so. I want to go back to the stuff that I love. I mean, great example, a friend of mine, Eric uh, Peterson. He, uh, now I'll, I'll give him a, a plug here just because I love the guy. Uh, but he, he recently released his Space Bastards graphic novel and it read like something from the 1970s. Well, it was Keith Geffen uh, style, you know, uh, sci fi trucker type stuff. And I just loved it because it didn't occur, you know, it, it went back in time and said, hey, do you remember when everything was, you know, um, when we could take these sort of risks? Well, you know, let's let's just go and do that. So I want to do that. I want to create something. Uh, and I have created something that I feel readers are going to read, especially old farts like me, you know, like people who, but between their late 20s and uh, right up, right up until their, you know, uh, uh, late 50s, 60s, 70s, who cares, you know, if you've been around and you like sci-fi and you like stuff that is non-pandering, takes risks, uh, you know, um, has great artwork. And I mean, I can't really emphasize how much uh, I love Steve's art. He's, he just came in and he, he just blew the doors off and we're going to be releasing pages uh in the build-up to this so i really hope you'll you'll check those out and please 
share them for us because you know the more people we get invested in this the more people we bring in ultimately the cheaper we're going to be able to get the book out for one thing which will be great but also uh you know it just it means we get to do it you know it gives us the freedom to actually do it uh and um you know i i, I hope there's another plan <laughs> i i hope that I can invest you in that. I hope that I can interest you in coming on this uh, journey with us because that's what it is. It's you know, it's not just us making a decision and you know, uh, some some corporate board uh, signs off on it. This is you know, it it really is people par. It's people saying, well, yeah, I wanna I wanna read that. You know, uh, and and ultimately, I do this for the fans, for the fan base, because you know. A creator doesn't want to make something and then put it out there and no one to read it. I want everyone, as many people as possible to read it and I want people to, to love it and I want it, want to make it for a specific group of people. That I mean, this isn't realistically for everybody. It's for people who love sci-fi, uh, you know, hard hard-boiled uh sort of thrillers i would love more people than that but we do have a demographic in mind i mean it, it's not going to appeal to everybody but uh, that demographic that you guys are key i made it for you because i want to be as a reader the sort of guy i, w- I would want to find this on a shelf and read it so you know it's like george lucas and steven spielberg used to say that they 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 made movies that they would want to watch and if you look at star wars and you look at the indiana jones movies and jaws like i mean that was the stuff they grew up on as kids it was the serials they grew up on as kids and they brought it back for the modern audience i'm bringing back those 1980s style 1970s 1980s style sci-fi noirs that i loved you know, all that stuff in 2000 AD and, uh, you know, and Vertigo and, uh, you know, some of the image stuff um, and some of the indie stuff. I, I'm, I'm bringing it back. This is me bringing back all the stuff that I loved, making something that I would want to read, something that I want you to read and something that I want kids to go, fuck, that's edgy. You know, I mean, kids nowadays, I, w- I want it to be affordable for them because, like, largely speaking, comics nowadays are right out. You know they're they're way beyond the prices of what your average kid's going to be able to play, pay for. You know, so uh, you know I I want the dads out there or the mums out there whoever reads this to read this and go yeah you know what my kid would love this. Uh, I remember my my uh, my stepdad putting me onto uh, Terminator and Mad Max Two whenever I was in my teens. You know all those films, Aliens. My uncle introduced me to Aliens. All these films were introduced to me by an adult. And I remember thinking, fuck, this stuff's, it's just awesome. And I want that to happen. I want, you know, people, uh, you know, I remember the first time I read V for Vendetta was my Uncle Paul uh, kept telling me that his friend, Paul Mills, uh, he's like, you have to check out this Alan Moore V for Vendetta, this guy David Lloyd on covers. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And, you know, my first issue of Preacher, my friend Hugh recommended it to me. Uh, I was initially against it. I thought it looked weird. But, you know, then I then I read it and it blew my mind, you know. I was like, fuck, that's amazing. You know, it just, just the sort of stuff that would not get made nowadays. And I want to go back to that sort of stuff. Except... You're not relying on a corporate entity to take a massive risk on you. You know, some big company doesn't have to put up with the whirlwind of shit. It's just going to be me. 
on my guys, uh, you know, uh, some of the best guys I've had the privilege of working with. And, you know, I'm going to take the risks. I'm going to make this thing great. And I just have a really good feeling about it. And I hope, like I say, I hope you guys will come with me and just help us push this and help us make something. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say, really. I, I think that's about it. So um, this is Mark signing off. Please uh, like and share whenever you see us on uh, promoting this stuff on- online. We'll probably be doing it on Facebook, Instagram, and I'm sure one of our guys has a Twitter account. Uh, the uh, Kickstarter is coming very soon. I'm massively excited to get it out there. I really just can't wait for you guys to see the first couple of pages and... I mean, I just really hope you enjoy it, you know? I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you can feel the the amount of sort of passion and genuine love. I mean, we, you know, (laughs) the stuff we've done so far, everyone's just done everything so far for free, you know? There's no money involved, and we're we're gambling that the fans are going to love this enough, that they're going to come on board too. And, you know, and I think... you know, it's a gamble I'm prepared to take, uh, and and I just ho- I I I hope I can invest you with me, and and I really would love to, uh, I'd love to bring everyone on this. What's what's we're, we're hoping is just going to be an awesome journey, and if you guys can fund it, then it will be. But anyway, this is Mark signing off, and uh, until next time, this has been considering comic books. Um, and if you've got any comments or any questions or anything like that, just just drop them in the uh, drop them on the YouTube page or on my Facebook or uh, even over on my Instagram. I'm I'm over there frequently enough too. Take care, guys. Until next time.